It was quite an evening, quite an evening and, and quite a moment uh, for the football club. We'll get into the specifics shortly, but I think before welcoming Prinzi and Ash Brown, Ash who is uh, down at the AGM as we speak, uh, just a quick little summation we're seeing now for those who are watching the end of the Jeff Kennett era, uh, which for quite a few people, um, they'll be very happy with that. Uh, nice way to wrap it up there with uh, a, a bit of a history in terms of where we were at before he came to the club. Um, a big night for Hawks for change, a big night for Andy Gowers, who's the new president of our football club. We've got two female directors re-elected back onto the board in Anne-Marie Pulitzer and Katie Hudson. We've got James Molino making it back on. We got to hear from Sam. We got to hear from Beck, all the players in attendance. And we had two life memberships awarded in Russell Marshall and Bob Keddie. So it was a pretty good night overall. Um, and I guess initial thoughts, uh, welcome to the space, Danny Prince. How are you feeling after witnessing that? Yeah, good, Weezy. I think we'll chuck to Ash straight away. I think he's got um, initial insights before he has to jump off. So Beautiful. Um, Ash, tell us about uh, the action from on, on the scene. Yeah, interesting night. Good evening, everyone. Uh, can't stay for long, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, the winds of change have blown through the club. I think it was a fairly... The mood of the room would suggest it was fairly strong sentiment for change and certainly reflected in what I understand was a pretty comprehensive win for um, Andy Gowles with the presidential election. Interesting that Jeff Kennett did not uh, release the voting figures. My understanding is they may be released tomorrow by the uh, new president of the football club. In terms of transparency, he's been big on transparency. One of his first orders of business will be to release the voting results. So we will wait to hear more tomorrow. But I said a a fairly comprehensive uh, mood for change in the meeting tonight. Um, A few years when James Molino was um, announced as one of the winners. Um, But I think reasonably happy that uh, both Anne-Marie Pulitzer and Katie Hudson were able to be elected once again. Certainly, I think, better for the optics of the football club that the two standing uh, women board members uh, both got up. It's sad for Ed Sill, friend of ours at Hawks Insiders, who I think would have made a worthy board candidate, as would have um, Maria Louis as well. And Peter Nankervall steps down. I think you've listened to the live stream. Jeff Kennett made the point. While, while trying to accept the result of the election, he also made the point that uh, the Hawks have lost their only sort of let their sole uh, lawyer on the board and the clubs will have to make some sort of uh, steps to uh, get some more legal competence, either by co-opting another board member with a legal background or perhaps, as he said, have to pay for it. So I think it was a bailed swipe there at, uh, at, the, at the decision for, by members to vote out um, Peter Nankerville. So that sort of sort of the mood of the room. Uh, the life membership. Bob Keddie, a great one uh, of He should have got his uh, life membership the day after the 71 grand final. And Russell Marshall, who was a groundsman at uh, Glenfarrow for a very long time. Uh, these things are very formulaic. Went on for about half an hour longer than it probably could have. The whole night needed severe editing. But the winds of change have blown through. Um, I'm not, I was able to hang around. I'm not sure Andy Gowers is going to speak to the media shortly. Um, 
there may be some more to come out of that. But uh, I think it's the start of a, a new era for the football club and hopefully the call for unity um, that Andy uh, gave in his brief address uh, will be heeded from tomorrow. Ash, there are a few jeers all over the place, but oh, I mean, in terms of that thinly veiled swipe at uh, Nankable not getting voted on, um, we also had Jeff talking about the $10 million that Gowers had been promising that he would be able to find on top of Molino's 15. I think you could actually see when he welcomed Gowers, or you, you could hear on the mic from where we were, um, when Gowers came up, up onto the stage, Jeff said to him, you'd better be good. Um, so, uh, like, there is that level of angst that whilst he's saying things that say that, that he needs to say to accept it, he, he's not very happy with what's just happened tonight, is he? No, we endorsed Nankable. Nankable got rolled. So uh, he, he's entitled to be disappointed in that respect. It was also pointed out to me uh, that Richie Vandenberg was sitting frozen and uh, did not crack a smile at any time. So he didn't look particularly... His body language wasn't one of someone who was accepting of the results. The other seemed to be fairly lax about it. So I think uh, there's been a couple of rumblings there that uh, Gowers and Vandenberg may not work together for too long. His body language... Is and it's just a body language observation only. That may be a uh, maybe a kernel of truth to that. So we watch that. Watch the space. Ash, can you give listeners? Um, you, you talked about the two life memberships that have been appointed, but you'd know more than most people in this group about um, particularly um, Keddy and and his involvement at the club. Well, Bob Kenny was a superstar player in the late 60s, early 70s. He was the hero of the 71 grand final, came off the bench. Well, not came off the bench, he had, hardly had a kick for three quarters. Was moved to full forward in the last quarter with Pete Hudson concussed. He was moved out to set half forward and Kenny kicked four goals out of seven in the last quarter as Hawthorne came from uh, 20 points down to beat St Kilda. Uh, seven goals to three, I think, in that last quarter. Kenny kicked four of them. Um, and was also, as he said, uh, an early coach of the Hawthorne, coach Hawthorne at one stage, and a number of the young, of the Premiership players from the golden era of the 80s came through the under-19s under his coaching. So a, a great Hawthorne person. Uh, good to see him rewarded with the life membership. Russell Marshall was, uh, I think it was obviously a bit of a catch-up exercise this year. Uh, no players were eligible for life membership or other long-serving officials, but the Russell Marshall was the uh, curator at Glenferry Oval for a long time. Anyone with the knowledge of Ben Ferry Oval would know that was a thankless task because it was was never in the best of condition. Uh, had to be turned... Uh, it was a major bog heap for a lot of the years, so that was a, a major uh, effort to get that into shape for an AFL team uh, in the early 90s until... or really through until 2006 or whatever it was at Hawthorne moved to Waverley. So uh, I, I think very well received by those around the club at that time. Okay, now a couple more questions for you, Ash, because obviously you've got a pretty good understanding of how um, embargoes work, how media get hold of different bits and pieces and some frustrations that there have been over the last couple of years in terms of leaked information at the club. I think of about five past six with the AGM starting at 6.30, um, Stephen Quartermain uh, started the proceedings with a... a tweet about the winds of change i think by quarter past six we had some video through socials from the news your take on that side of things in terms of uh the news getting out before it's officially announced at the agm 
Well, my understanding is that the uh, candidates were involved. We're going to get a phone call from the club or from the from the, uh, from the auditors, whoever they are, during the day. So, uh, whatever they're called, Secure Corp or whatever it was. So, they may maybe people find it hard. You know, one person tells another person, then suddenly it, more people know about it. So, certainly Stephen Quartermain is pretty closely connected to the club. Um, and I, I suspect a couple of the Hawks have changed people who were active in the media might have known the results as they trickle through during the afternoon as well and made that known to people like Stephen Quartermain. So I think they did rather well to keep it as quiet for as long as they did, to be honest. So uh, I was expecting it to be well known earlier in the afternoon. The fact that I walked into the meeting not knowing for sure what the results were, I think is actually a credit to everyone. For sure. And then one more. Um, it, certainly the mood was lightened when uh, Sam and Beck um, did their interview with Half and Certainly one of the quotes I took out of Sam was he literally said that there are going to be a lot of premiership players sitting in the group of players at the venue. Could you feel the buoyancy around um, the, the playing pathway side of things tonight? Well, I think it's a pretty boring exercise for the players to sit through an AGN. They didn't look particularly thrilled to be there, I don't think. Um, and they were sitting sort of much further up the front than I was. But I certainly think there's a buoyancy in the club and Sam said that in a couple of his public appearances recently hasn't he that uh, that, that with the five draft picks this is the draft they hit hard and they now think they've got the foundations of the team they've probably got a couple more elements to come into play with probably an early pick next year and Will McCabe who we may talk about if not tonight on our final spaces Thursday night has been training with the club this week so he might be the last piece of the puzzle to come through but they uh, certainly I think there's a feeling now that Sam's got you know with two trade periods and player exchange periods and two drafts, Sam's more or less got the playing list he wants now with the demographics he wants. And it's just going to be now getting games into them going forward. So um, I do know I was uh, at another AFL club today and the conversation turned to Hawthorne because sadly pretty much everyone in the footy knows I break for Hawthorne. Uh, someone senior in another club said to me, we've tried to have a look at the Hawthorne. We can't work out who's going to be playing in round one. So... It's a mystery to everybody what the team looks like, and uh, that's probably a good thing for Sam, a bit of a shroud of secrecy to go about his business in terms of putting the team, how the team can look for the early part of the season. But I think there's a point to now that the fundamentals are in place and then just get the games into them and see how they go and, and to get going as quickly as they can. For sure. One more question, Ash, before we let, let you go. Um, it, it's officially the end of Jeff Kennett in... Um, in a role as president or on the board at the football club. Obviously, he got a bit long in the tooth by the end of this reign. Um, but there were some nice words said at the end there. Uh, your take in terms of the balance of um, the good versus the bad and the contribution of Jeff Kennett to the football club in his time in the role? Brilliant president for the first time that he was just the president Hawthorne needed his legacy will be Tasmania an absolutely magnificent deal that funded financially uh, underpinned the club for a long time and from a football point of view delivered four absolute walk-ups wins a year so Tassie was his legacy uh, did really well and I think he was the president Hawthorne needed for the first couple of years things were right turning on the brink pretty quickly when he came back in late 2016 or 17 whenever it was um, probably went on a little bit too long and I think the fact that the you know, state government his inability to to not realise that when he was that, that Jeff Kennett the former Premier is uh, not compatible always with being Jeff Premier President of the Hawthorne Football Club with hands out to the state government for money 
that would be his big failing at the end, I think. Um, the rest of it was politics and, you know, backing Nankerville and, and, and others on the board quite vocally. I have no problem with that. He's just doing his job um, as president. Um, but I think that would be something that he, you know, he imperiled the club's Dingley project with that sort of, uh, with his attitude towards that. He should have pulled his head in. But by and large, he's been a pretty good president. Largely a very good president of the footy club. And I don't think the last two years should totally uh, be a blemish on his record. Um, Andy Gowers has big shoes to fill. For sure. Well, thank you very much, Ash. We will let you go. I'm always very worried when one of us is driving that we're going to end up with another Mark Allen and KB crash car live doing one of these. Much appreciate uh, you jumping in uh, and uh, we will have you back on hosting as you do on Thursday. Thanks, boys. See you later. Thanks, Ash. Prinzi, um, before we throw the floor open um, for questions, comments, thoughts, I mean, this is going to be a space that goes as long as anyone wants to be talking about the outcomes of tonight. Prinzi, thoughts on how it unfolded and any other sort of key takeaways for you? Yeah, I think, look, it's... um... It, it, it's a transition period that the club's going through at the moment and, and, and seeing the back of Kennett, you know, while, while I um, was ready to see Kennett move on and, and um, a new person come in and fill that void and I'm really excited for Andy Gowers and the leadership under him, I think Ash touched on it. It's really important that we don't completely disregard all of the good things that Jeff did for our football club over the sort of 11 years uh, that he was in charge at Hawthorne. And now it's finished on a relatively sour note. But, um, you know, Hawks members and supporters need to remember that there were there were a lot of good elements to Je- Jeff Kennett's pre- presidency. And when Hawthorne needed a public voice and a strong media presence early doors in his first reign, he was exactly what our football club needed. So, um, you know, probably the second tenure has put a dampener on his overall uh, time at the club as president. But uh, we can't just chuck the baby out with the bathwater. I think we need to remember, um, you know, and just like we do with Clarko um, and his uh, success, we remember the good times. We, um, we need to do the same thing with, uh, with Jeff Kennett. And that's going to probably not um, make a lot of people happy because people love to hate on Jeff. And I, I, I get that. And, um, you know, all power to you if that's how you want to think. But um, I think it's also a time for reflection and not just anger and uh, all of those emotions that come out at this time of the year. So, um, yeah, thanks, Jeff, for your service. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Andy can come in and do a phenomenal job in leading our club and, and probably stabilising our club, I'd say, is the, the biggest thing on and off the field in the next, in the next few years. That's, that's got to be his biggest, biggest job. Well said, Prinzi. For what it's worth, they're my sentiments um, completely. Whilst I haven't been uh, overly enamoured with the last sort of 12 to 18 months of the Kennett regime, I've always been on board with the good that he's done. Um, Before we get to AJ, who I'm pretty sure has the opposite view, Patrick, um, welcome back. You'd be very hopeful that um, Jeff's comments about getting the extra $25 million, 
from Gowers and Molino for Dingley comes to fruition. Yeah, I'd almost you'd hope that uh, Andy Gowers and James Molino have a presser at Dingley with the state government set up tomorrow just for the uh, lols. But also, I found it funny they didn't have any online questions, but then they had a lot of questions from people who seemed to talk up Jeff Kennedy in the room. Seemed very funny. Yeah, I mean, they had obviously opened up to questions from anyone in the room and um, certainly we had uh, Russell Green have a fair old whack at Ian Silk and uh, his role at Crown. So that certainly... Um, I wondered that was a little bit spicy, wasn't it? But um, I wondered if they were almost plants from Jeff or something. Half those questions. Uh, do you know what? I, I don't think they necessarily were because again, it was open for um, questions. It would be good to know from Ash if if there were others there that um, were trying to have questions answered but didn't. But I think you kind of take that with a grain of salt, and and time was certainly. Um, time was certainly an issue as well. So, and the last question, thank- oh, he's it's just dropped off. AJ, thanks for coming on. Oh, hi guys, how's it going? Good. How are you Very feeling? Good. You must be uh, you must be bouncing around at the moment. Can I shock you? <gasps> Go for um- it. Obviously, I'm ecstatic with tonight's results because I was very much behind Andy Gowers and the team that Hawks for Change put forward. I thought they put forward a really good team with really compelling cases behind them. And I think Andy's shown both in his time on the board and in his time in the business world as well that he is going to make an incredible president. And I'm really excited for him. And I, I think a lot of Hawthorne members and supporters are going to share that view as well. What I will say, and this will shock a few people, is... Jeff Kennett's tenure as president of Hawthorne will be looked on as one of the great ones in footballing history. When you look back at it and say that when he took over from Ian Dicker in 2006, this is a guy who had, under the Dicker regime, built us out of the merger into a a point where we were about ready to start to make waves in the competition again. And Jeff took those next steps. He did things like getting the deals done with Tasmania that, brought the extra money in and the extra games in, which was a great outcome. Um, I think his first tenure was great. And also, full credit to him for 2016, because when he took back over at the club, we just sacked the CEO after six months. The president had basically just put his hand up and said, you know what, that's on me. And stood down. And we were having off-field change, on-field changes, I should say, like never before with club legends being moved on. It wasn't an easy time to come back into that role. And Jeff took it. Now, the last two years have not been good. They've been a disaster, in my opinion. I think the governance around the Hawthorne Football Club in the past two years has been pathetic in many instances. But I still think you're going to look back at Jeff, and even me, who's been very vocally a critic of him, will look back and say, you know what, Jeff had a great tenure. And I will always be grateful for what he did do. Yeah, I think that that is absolutely fair enough, AJ. I think... Um, with everything that happened with Tracy Gowdry and actually where we as a club um, regressed to in terms of some of the back dealings within the AFL, um, it was it was significant. And his ability to come in and rescue 
um, and save face from some of the issues that, in, in, you know, included um, a lot of the issues around us getting a, an AFLW licence early days, among plenty of other things. You know, what he did at the start of that second reign was almost as significant at what he did as what he did in his first term. So, and further to what Ash said about Tasmania will be Jeff's legacy, I'd say there's a split legacy because I think Hawthorne's AFLW program will be Jeff's equal greatest legacy is that there was no one more vocal about Hawthorne getting into AFLW than Jeff. And, you know, we say what we do about Jeff's politics and his associations and things, but you had if you spoke to the players and the people around the VFLW side at the time and now the AFLW side, they love Jeff. He took them in the right direction and he stood up for them and he fought for them. And that's a great legacy to leave behind. What also it hit me now is, how different of a football club is Hawthorne on December 13, 2022 than what it was two years ago? The whole Clarkson lineage, for lack of a better term, is gone. The whole Kennett regime is basically gone. This football club is something completely different to what we've had through our entire... I know the golden era is really the 80s, but this most recent golden era, this is a whole new football club, like a completely clean slate that's addressing different things like moving out of pokies and trying to face head on with the issues that we have around our history with it, the treatment of indigenous Australians in our football club. This football club that we are seeing now is so different to the one that we've been used to. It feels like a blue sky head moment of saying, you know what, this is, this is the new Hawthorne. AJ, thank you very much. Um, Very valid points. And I think, I think that's one of the key takeaways is that we've now got this opportunity to move forward with a completely fresh administration. Um, You know, we've talked about the on-field stuff and how it's actually taken a while for Sam to be able to have the list that he wants. Well, tonight was probably the, the... beginning of what can truly be considered exactly as you just said, this new golden era for the club or the ability to head forward into that golden era. So um, thanks, AJ. Much appreciated. And I think you echo, echo the sentiments of many with that. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. How we going? Not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, going well. I'll just... A quick one, and it, uh, AJ covered off a lot of what I wanted to talk about and brushed over the, the pokies at the end of it, you know. They were pretty headstrong in keeping them, but listened to the members in the end and did get out of the pokies, which is another, you know, credit to them. And, you know, our complaints have been not listening to members and the like, but on that instance, they did. And the other one, um, I was a bit disappointed to read on Twitter, and I'm not sure how factually correct it was, but when... Molino was announced that people booed. Now, I'm not a fan of the political party he's a part of, but to me, he's not coming as a political football. He's coming as a Hawthorne supporter and wanting to make a difference to our club. So we need to accept him as, as Hawthorne, not as Labor, and get behind him. And hopefully, as, as was said earlier, they do have a press conference at Tingley tomorrow, and I'd love to see Dan Andrews mouth the words, Hawthorne are getting their money. You know, we've seen plenty of other clubs have upgrades in the time that we've been trying to get initial funding. 
and I'd just really like us to be able to get that over the line and forget about James Molino's politics and let's judge him on how he how he performs as a, as a Hawthorne director because through the limited times I've dealt with him, he's been uh, nothing short of a, of a really good and genuine human being. Yeah, I think um, I'll jump in there, Daniel. I think spot on. You're... Your summation of Molino, and, and we, we interviewed James um, very early on in the piece for the AGM files, and um, we all, to a, to a person, came away incredibly impressed with the way he presents himself um, and the way that he outlined his vision for his work in the club and what he could bring to the Hawthorne Footy Club. I think take away the political side of things, uh, his connections in multiple avenues and multiple areas are going to be super important for our footy club going forward. And he is a passionate, passionate Hawthorne man. So um, if nothing else, uh, you know, really excited to see what James is going to bring um, as a uh, board, a director of our footy club and bringing that absolute passion that he does have for the Hawthorne football club into a directorate role. Um, is going to be um, really, really exciting to see. So um, I, I couldn't agree more with your um, your point about just leaving the, the political aspect of it at the door. It's not about what side of the fence you're on, what side you vote for. It's just about us being Hawthorne people that have the best interests of Hawthorne at heart. I think a couple of other points to add to that, uh, and you're spot on, Prinzi, um, from the interview we did with him for the AGM files, he totally understood the landscape. He said himself he knows that automatically because of his political background, X number X number of people are automatically not going to be on board from day one. Uh, and he just needs to be part of a group um, that will be judged by not who he is has been what he has done in the past, but if he gets on the board, what they do as a group moving forward. The other thing that's interesting, I, I think it was Ash initially who mentioned it. He said, I know exactly what's going to happen as soon as Jeff is gone and Molino gets in, he would already have that $15 million accounted for. Like, absolute facts. So whether it's tomorrow, whether it's this week... Um, you'd imagine it would be a pretty good, quick, um, good news story to run with straight after tonight. Uh, we should expect to see that pretty soon. Um, please, anybody, if you've got any questions, any comments, again, we're going to be dictated by you for how long we go tonight. I want to hear your thoughts, how you're feeling about everything Good time to cross to great friend of the insiders, Whitey. Whitey, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm all right. I, I, I voted the way it went, except for James. I just didn't want another political animal on the board. But what you blokes have said is very much right. The one thing I've got is um, two things about it. I think the way Jeff finished is Jeff. You know, he was giving his little digs here and there. And that's the one thing I'm going to miss. Jeff Cannett stood up for this club to the AFL to the nth degree. He was the one wasn't one person in the AFL who we're going to miss really is the way he stood up to the AFL. Sometimes it wasn't to our benefit, but a lot of times he made the AFL 
accountable for what they were doing. And I don't know who's more happy to see him go, the Hawthorne members or the AFL board. I'm serious. But he's Why been he? fantastic. He's, he's led us. And as you said, he's had his ups and downs. His first tilt was terrific with the the brown and gold shirt, a bit of the um, the brown jacket, the brown and gold jacket. But he did a great job for the club, got us in the position we are now. And now I hope with Andy Gowers and the board that continue to keep going forward the way we've been going. Why did you reckon Beck Goddard nailed it when she said to catch flies, you've got to open your mouth? I think that was one of the best lines. Oh, yeah, it was. I, I think a lot of people would have thought it was a slap. I don't think it is. I think it's what she, what someone said earlier. Without Jeff opening his mouth, we don't get the AFL women's. There's no hope in hell. Jeff would not let it go. He got it was like a buddy. He was like a bullet at gate post to get that AFLW side. And there's no doubt in my mind, if he hadn't have been there nagging, we don't get it. For sure. Well, thank you, Whitey. As always, uh, appreciate your thoughts coming on. Um, Prinzi, how did you feel about the chat uh, that the Sammy Mitchell and Beck Goddard chat and interaction with Daniel Harford? And uh, speaking of half, I mean, there's a bit of conjecture in our WhatsApp group, and he mentioned it himself, being an unrestricted free agent uh, and available as opposed to being there as a coach of a rival team. Thoughts on, on all of that? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I love half, so I don't have any issue with him being there. And I think, you know, they, that's just another one of these things that he does to help serve the club. And I think it's fitting at an AGM because we're talking about election of board members and, and presidents who are voluntary positions, right? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm very sure that um, half gives up a lot of his time for our club. So I'm happy to have him there. I thought the conversation with... Uh, Mitchell and Goddard, and, and Mitch sort of touched on it as well. It was it was really awkward in terms of the timing in the in the night. Um, I think they should have done it at the start and sort of had that sort of fluffy, enjoyable part, and then got onto the business. The way that they did it was really weird because they announced the results, and then instead of throwing to the people that have just been elected, they threw to a. 10-minute chat between Goddard, Mitchell and Harford. And I thought that was strange. But, you know, as always, Goddard and Mitchell, two incredibly um, thoughtful and articulate people. And it just reinforces everything that they say, reinforces the fact that on field, we are in great hands with those two coaches at the helms of our respective men's and women's team. And, um, you know, they're, they're great minds. They're great people. Uh, great Hawthorne people and, you know, really, we're really, really blessed to have those two um, running our club from an on-field perspective, I think. All right. And, and to continue on this theme and to lighten the general AGM uh, and, and election theme, um, he had some pretty good comments to make around trades. Uh, obviously, that uh, GWS initially had come in for a really good offer for Jager, which started the process of thinking he's tradable, um, that he tried to get um, Lloyd Meek um, for a very, very long time. And I think he said we were one of 10 vying for his services. 
and that Cooper Stevens was someone that he personally had been trying to woo, but that they only thought they might be able to get him at the end of next season as part of their recruitment strategy. So um, how did you feel about about some of those little nuggets? I mean, like, tell me if you're a Hawk supporter, we see, and I'll throw this back to you, but like, that doesn't get, that gets you excited, right? About these two inclusions into our footy club. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I I went to the open training the other day and uh, Lloyd Meek is someone that I'm very, very excited about. I think he's probably ahead of Reeves as much as I love Ned Reeves already. And with his, his size and profile, I think he's going to be an absolute monster for us. But again, like hearing that process and, yeah. Um, that he's come to the club after being pitched it by Sam Mitchell again just makes you excited about about what he's creating for the playing group. Absolutely, and I think I think look, there's there's probably a number of factors that that go into well, there are a number of factors that go into somebody like Lloyd Meek choosing Hawthorne. But if we've beaten out ten clubs, as as Mitchell sort of talked on, even if it's seven or eight, that's a huge feather in our cap. And now there's obviously a number of reasons why players select a club. Meek would have seen Hawthorne and gone, yep, Reeves is a good young ruckman, but I, I reckon I can pip him for, for a starting ruck spot in round one because these players have such high belief in themselves um, that he would have seen there there was a real opportunity to come in and establish himself. So, um, And then with Mitchell, and I believe um, Mitchell and his wife, Lyndall, took um, Lloyd and his partner out for dinner and like really wooed them um, through that process. I think, you know, that says a lot about how much the club wants you. If the head coach flies over to Perth to, to have dinner with you and he brings his wife, um, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty massive. And I think it's a huge show of confidence. And, and from what you said, Weesey, like everything you, you hear and see out on the track, he is just a physical specimen who's an absolute presence. And I think one of the things we'll be really excited about um, I've watched a bit of tape on him, uh, is the way that he attacks the ball once it hits the ground. Um, you know, Ned Reeves is a phenomenal tap ruckman and I think really will help us from a clearance perspective in those hit-outs to advantage and I think will develop as a good marking option going forward. But what Meek does really, really well is plays as a pseudo-midfielder once the ball's hit the deck. So um, being able to have somebody that's just a huge physical presence in and around the stoppages is going to be massive as well. And just on Cooper Stevens, I think it speaks a lot to the asset that Hawthorne got in return for that Mitchell deal. If they had their eye on Stevens for a long time, Mitchell had personally been trying to get Cooper Stevens over to the footy club and they were able to orchestrate something 12 months in advance of when they thought they were. That's a big coup for the club. And, um, you know, maybe Stevens is one that we really have to keep an eye on over preseason with the view of if he's, if he's somebody Mitchell targeted specifically, uh, he'd be an inside chance to start round one, I think. For sure. Uh, and just to finish this off and, and please anyone, uh, obviously we've moved on to the playing group, but if there's anything from tonight you want to discuss, give your opinion on, please jump on to speak. Um, I mentioned um, with the trades and what we were able to do at the draft, actually fast-forwarding the rebuild by 12 months. And again, from the weekend, seeing Josh Weddle in the time trials. And I know they're only time trials, 
but speaking about him with David Hale um, on the day as well, having a chat with him about uh, about it. Um, and again, everything that Sammy offered us in terms of the group spending time together being unified and him actually saying we've got X number of premiership players sitting here, that's really exciting. Absolutely. I think, you know, we're, we're building the foundations of what we hope will be our next golden generation. And, um, you know, we see you've been a, a, a large part of the... Uh, um, the golden years pod. And I think one day, you know, when we're in retirement, we might have to bring it up again and we'll be talking about the, you know, the 2020s and the, and the 2030s. So um, Mitchell with under his stewardship, under his leadership with the foundations of the players that we've brought in over the last couple of trade periods and drafts and with the ones to come. um, I think they really feel like in the, you know, in, in the not too distant future, they'll be able to challenge. And and I think one of the things that Mitchell said consistently when he's talked about it is they don't just want to be there or thereabouts. They don't want to be a St Kilda. Um, they want to be able to push for premiership success when they when they deem it time to go uh, and make a challenge. And the Hawks of 2008 did that. They saw an opportunity and they got they grabbed it. Uh, and then there was a wait, right? Right, like the, there was not the maturity in the group that they needed to to have that su- sustained success. And we had to wait until twelve, and then ultimately thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, um, to to get those to get those f- further premierships. So uh, it's going to take time, but um, you can see that the likes of the Will Days, the Denver Granger Barasses, the Josh Wards, Connor McDonalds, and now the exciting new talent we've added this year in. Um, you know Josh Weddle and Cam McKenzie and those boys, um, they're going to be they're going to be champing at the bit and they're going to be super hungry to prove themselves initially and then also take this club forward. Um, the beauty of drafting so many Hawthorne people and Hawthorne supporters is that there's that extra layer of skin in the game. I mean, you put yourself in these young guys' shoes; they've grown up watching success, tasting it as a supporter. Tasting it as a player will be just another level if you also support the club. So, you know, with um, Dylan Moore and Finn McGuinness and Jai Newcomb and all of those boys who are also Hawthorne supporters as well as Hawthorne players, uh, we're in good hands in terms of people that are passionate about taking our club forward. And I love the extension of that to obviously Gal is starting his speech tonight talking about uh, as a 19-year-old winning the Encouragement Award uh, at, and um, there was mention given to Andy Collins and his role at the club. Um, so uh, it, it goes all the way through, not just through the playing group. Now, AJ is back to speak and, and before he does, I would just like to say that his public um, acknowledgement of my disrespect of the noodle um, I just want to justify that, AJ. I think Ned Reeves is going to be an absolute super ruck once he can build his tank up and and gets a little bit more meat on his frame. Um, I just think now, physically, Meek is so much more ready to and, and has much more of a tank to be able to play a ruck for more minutes of the game. AJ, welcome back. I just, I just like excuses to use that noodle gift. To be perfectly honest, anytime Ned does anything, I find it. <laughs> um, I guess what's been going through my head since we were talking about um, the future of lawyers on the board was what prompted this, but also Hawthorne people being around. When do you start to look forward to the next couple of years and 
more changes to the regime because there was a bloke sitting on stage tonight who has a connection to the club but isn't on the board or anything by the name of Nick Holland, who has a very strong legal background, is a lawyer, I believe. I'm fairly certain of that fact. Yeah, um, Who maybe is the next kind of person who's ushered into the board is saying, okay, well, we need someone who has both a love of Hawthorne and also that legal understanding, and maybe that's a corridor to bring someone like Dutchie in. So Dutchie is actually employed by the club at the moment. So he's, I think he's the general manager of legal and... Risk and integrity. Risk risk and integrity, there you go. So he's actually in a paid position at the club. So um, no doubt his expertise and background from a, from a legal point of view will be called upon with the fact that, you know, we're losing that um, legal representation on the board. Um, uh, do you know what? I, th- I think it was a little bit cheeky of Jeff because the reality is that, yes, while you get the advice of having that on the board and you really need that varied set of skill sets on the board, I'm on, on a board at a state sporting organisation in Victoria, um, have worked in CEO roles, so... Um, have an understanding of, of that side of things. The reality is that whilst it is preferable to have someone in that position on the board, Jeff actually himself said, well, y- you have to pay for it to get the correct legal advice, which you, you probably do anyway. So I think it's also um, just one more point on that. I, I don't think that the current board is... Um, set in stone, um, and Ash mentioned it earlier about Richie Vandenberg's reactions throughout the night, um, and we talked about it after we did the pod with him, whether or not, you know, and, and some of the other board members who were up for renomination, where there were question marks around if Andy Gowers did get in, how many of them would actually want to stay in their positions on the board. So... It's not out of the question to suggest that there may be a board vacancy come up um, and that would also lend itself to the ability to have a board appointed director and if, if it was deemed fit to put someone in a position that has a legal background as an example. So I don't think it's a black and white closed case from, from that point of view, but, you know... Also, if we, need more, if we need more legal understanding, I'm pretty sure one of Josh Ward's 638 degrees that he's currently studying is law as well. Yeah, that will count for sure, for sure. I'm, sure. I'm sure that'll bring a lot of experience to the club. <laughs> just awesome. on, uh, we just on some of the points that you, you, you mentioned, I think while the, the portfolio um, for the board members is... Uh, a unique and an important thing. Um, I think it's probably more important um, in the financial areas with um, somebody like Katie Hudson uh, and also in the um, community areas uh, with the people that run those community projects to have those experience in those spaces in overseeing that. Um, I'm not so sure, like you touched on, I'm not so sure that the legal perspective when you can bring somebody in, you've got employed um, people who are qualified lawyers, you know, you, you have access to, to those people, you know, all the time. So I'm not so sure it's it's the as big a deal as Jeff made it out to be, but in, in typical Jeff terms, he's going to go out swinging 
um, having his little jibes on the way out. And that's sort of who we know Jeff is and, and what we expect from him. So um, personally, I'm not too concerned about it. Like, like we said, with Dutchie in his role and, and the ability to draw on other experienced uh, lawyers that are associated with our club, there's, there's ways around that. And I'm sure, you know, if there's a subcommittee like there is for most issues, there would be a governance subcommittee. I'm sure they've got um, lawyers that are on, on that governance governance subcommittee that they can call on the expertise of if if needed. I think the the big one there though, we see is what you, is is what you touched on at the end is is the watch and see on Richie Vandenberg and how he goes because we've been led to believe that. Um, that Vandenberg was promised um, the vice presidency should uh, Nankerville have been uh, successful in his bid for presidency. And um, obviously he doesn't get that under Gowers. So, uh, well, there's no promise of that under Gowers. So watching him and seeing how that sort of plays out will really be an interesting watch uh, over the coming weeks and months, I think. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think there's a bit more to to play out, but um, the governance side of things is is pretty interesting because obviously a lot of people had issues with the process leading into the election um, and some of the governance processes. I think Jeff made a point when he was talking about um, notifications being sent out in time um, approving minutes, the financials that they have and are, well, that they are and always have followed um, governance, the best governance practice and, and what they are constitutionally obliged to. Uh, having said that, I'm not sure with court vote <laughs> being in charge of, um, being, in, <laughs> being in charge of the vote, you know, as our friend from court vote, told us, um, board members Anne-Marie Palizzo and James Molina uh, getting onto the board. It didn't necessarily fill you with the greatest amount of confidence, Pinsy, but, um, you know, like these guys that are on the board, these guys that are in these positions when it comes to issues around governance, when it comes to issues around portfolios, when it comes to you know, what the club needs to make sure we're successful at that top level. There are people there who know what they're doing, know how to run the, the club, certainly better than us. And we've just put our faith in this new group of guys to to do that. So we see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And and I touched on, uh, on, on Katie uh, previously, but um, on personal, from, from a personal perspective, I'm really stoked that Katie was re-elected um, because I think that she plays a huge part in the diversification of our of our funds and the ability to generate uh, revenue streams uh, going forward sans uh, the pokies. So, um, you know, we, we have voted these people in. We've put our trust in these people to um, come in and play the role that we need them to play at a board level. Uh, and we, now we just need to sit back and let them perform the roles that they're that they've been elected to to perform. So um, yeah, congratulations to the four that were that were elected. And um, yeah, I'm not sure commiseration is the right word, but um, you know, from a from a, a Hawks Insiders perspective, it was a, a shame um, that our good mate Ed wasn't uh, elected. But uh, we know that also with all of these people that weren't elected, um, you know, Peter Nankerville, Ed Sill, Maria uh, Louis. 
uh, are all Hawthorne people that um, put their names up, not because they had something to gain from it, but because they wanted to give back to our football club. So they're Hawthorne people that will find ways to continue to serve our football club in the capacities that they can. So um, I think, like we've said throughout the AGM files, uh, we see we are incredibly blessed with the calibre and standard of people that we had running for uh, board positions. And, um, yeah, I think the, the future of our club is in great hands now. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Quincy. I think after every interview, we, we sat back and said, what a great candidate and, and echo your sentiments about Ed, who's been so giving for us as, as the insiders of his time. Um, and, you know, as you just said, these guys, Maria and everything she does through the foundation, um, Peter and his role in the past, they're not people who are just going to um, be moping away from their involvement in, in the club um, and will be hanging around. So um, a, a really wonderful, wonderful night for the club. It, it was a watershed night for the club. It's truly the beginning of a new era um, that has been... Um, it's been transpiring over the last couple of years. And, and I, hopefully, um, as you said, uh, in terms of golden news pods, Prinzi, um, not just on the field, but off the field, we will look back on tonight in the next couple of years, um, in the next decade and say it, it truly was a groundbreaking evening. So thank you very much to everyone for jumping on board. Um, hopefully we've been able to... Uh, keep it a little bit interesting. It was a bit, uh, a little bit tedious this evening watching that stream, but um, a really good moment for the club. Thanks everyone for coming on. Um, really appreciate all of your support of the Hawks Insiders. Just to let you know, we're looking at doing our regular Thursday night spaces this week, which will be our last space for. 2022 uh, and we would aim to be back at the start of February next year from a spaces point of view that is unless something major happens um, we're always we always have uh, the capability of doing an emergency space but um, thanks again to everyone for jumping on board make sure you join us on Thursday night for a nice little recap of 2022 Enjoy your evening. Thanks, Prinzi. Thanks to everyone who listened, everyone who had thoughts, comments, questions, and we will catch you next time on the Hawks Insiders.